Hello everyone and a warm welcome back to the When Dirt Cast, your podcast about all things concerning the Metaverse Football League. We're your hosts, Jimbo and Calvinator, and together we're going to be discussing everything about MFL from dev updates to marketplace transactions and all of that lovely good stuff. But before we get straight into it, one important note, none of what we talk about on this podcast is financial advice. Do your own scouting or hire a director of Metaverse Football. But we've got a guest on today's podcast, none other than, I believe, a mogul of the community. Duff, how are you, my friend? Welcome. Uh, very, very comfortable in my giant mogul chair. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, great, great to have you with us. Great to have you with us, mate. Um, just, just a quick one for, for our listeners who may not know who you are and some who maybe do know who you are but don't know how you got into MFL. Do you mind um, just briefly giving like a quick minute or quick summary as to how you got into the project, like where you found it and things like that? Yeah, uh, so there's kind of two pieces of it. One of them is how did I find the MFL, which I think is a lot of folks through it is through Top Shot. Um, I was uh, shoveling my driveway in uh, the Northeast United States, and <laughs> I usually put in either music or, or uh, podcast. I'm doing that. And I came across, there was a podcast that was actually called uh, Sports Cards Nonsense, and they had a segment. And it's similar, you know, two guys, Mike and Jesse, doing their banter and talking about sports cards. And I was into that at the time, you know, it was early pandemic. And they did a little bit on Top Shot, not a big deep dive, but I got into it through um, it, it, through, um, through that process and got pretty much into uh, Top Shot and some other dapper uh, universe projects, which would, you know, uh, all day UFC strike. I got on that the mailing list, and um, you know I did see the. It wasn't the initial drop, but it might have been one of the second ones because I was actually able to score a legendary pack for the first time. Um, nice. And, yes. Hard to was, come by these days. I have not. Yeah, I have not um, not got one yet. Um, I did actually. <laughs> I, I pulled a couple Legos out of rare packs, so I guess I can't complain too much. Um, not bad. Because they're they're not they're not easy to get. So uh, I think it might have been the second or third drop. And you know, I think the, um, the art grabbed me. I really like the style of it. And I, always, and I grew up, um, so I, I'm 42. I grew up in days before you actually could save uh, your progress in sports games and Super Nintendo. So I was a very cool uh, teenager. So I did some of my own stat tracking for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah, and um, the sports sim piece always always grabbed me and um you know when we were doing a like a, a new game of nba 2k or even madden the exciting part for me outside of playing was getting into those extra seasons where the old guys retire and you draft your new people you trade them and that kind of aspect as, as a manager and player nice. developer mm-hmm. uh, being able to do that in the, the metaverse contact using uh, web3 i think was very uh, very appealing um, the challenge for me is that I don't know that much about football. So I, you know, in that, <laughs> in that sports card world, I was also starting to get into, um, becoming aware of, um, some of the new younger players like Jude Bellingham, um, Holland and Bappe, um, you know, some of the people who are in that cohort of, of younger players. And I started to grow my interest in it. I was also looking for different sports to watch on, on TV, uh, when I was up with my, my, uh, newborn at the time, you know, during the pandemic. So, it was a crossover on a, on a way um, that I could learn more about uh, football with that sports sim angle, and it really uh, made a lot of sense to me. And 
Also, because I'm an old man, when I try to play FIFA, I feel like I need to practice it so much. I should actually just be outside kicking <laughs> the ball around and use the controller. Yeah. So, uh, too many buttons. So, uh, it was a really good way of getting a uh, whole bat. And um, I would just started to uh, kind of get involved more and more without a huge plan. But, um, you know, I stopped buying sports cards because the ROI there is a little it's not great. And you get these piles of cards you don't use. So, it, when I was running out to, yeah. to our store to get diapers or what have you, instead of spending, you know, $40 on, um, you know, two boxes of, of cards, I would look at the marketplace and, and see, you know, who could I grab from, from there? And early days, a lot more bargains out there than there are now. But that's kind of the, probably a three minute version of how I got involved. Sweet. Awesome. That's great. And uh, the, the reason, well, one of the reasons why we invited you is that you own a lot of clubs, right? So how many clubs do you have? Yeah, so I didn't want to leave anybody else. I have a, I've got my uh, my MFL browser open here, but I just added a <laughs> stone club. Um, I I pulled one out of a pack, and that was oh, actually nice. number sixteen. Which I think Dio 16. has a lot of clubs. He might have all those many, but it's 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 up there. Yeah. Do we actually know who has most clubs? Or? I was thinking this. It's got it's got to be you, Duff. Maybe I'm thinking I, this. I think it's got to be pretty close. I think Wilbert might have twelve. I know Dio has a bunch because you wind up running to the same people during league play. Like, oh, I know that. Mm. Guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of the same. <laughs> yeah. Don't get away from each other. Yeah. So uh, today we're going to talk a lot about clubs and actually about uh, branding clubs. So coming up with a name, choosing like an identity, a brand. And since you have so many clubs, you are the perfect guy to talk to, an uh, expert in branding, we think. So that will be the main segment of uh, today's show. Uh, before that, we'll do the updates, but I think we should also address the mega drop and the mega live stream. And Jimbo, we were very happy with that. How that went, I think. Yeah, I think I think for for all of you listening who got involved in the live stream on Tuesday, um, thank you. We we had a great time. I you know I had a lot of fun. Calvin, you also had a lot of fun as well, right? Yeah, no, it was really. Amazing to see so many people tune in and yeah. a lot of enthusiasm also in the chat and a lot of great feedback. So 100%. definitely something we would do again for some yeah, event in the future. Hundred percent. If if MFL guys wanted us to do something like that again for any you know other future big mega drops like that, I'm you know I'm I'm definitely down for doing that to give a little bit of an insight to how it looked our side in terms of the numbers. Um, you know, we streamed for about two hours. We had a max viewership of 123, which I think is pretty cool with an average of 65. But what I think is really cool is we had a unique viewers of 311, which I think That's obviously most of that is because we were, a, you couldn't get rid of us basically when you're on the website. We were always <laughs> there wherever you went. In the um, corner, yeah. But, but yeah, no, we had a great time with, with all the content, giving all the players and things like that. So to all of you who were part of that, watching it for one second to two hours um, and messaging, etc. Thank you so much. You're all brilliant. Yes. Thanks a lot. And uh, also for joining in the quiz. It was also fun and uh, staying there to rip some packs. <laughs> yes. So that was uh, great. So today we're going to talk about branding clubs and also stay tuned because at the end of this episode, we will do a nice announcement about another little uh, giveaway so stay tuned <laughs> for that uh anything else we need to say before we dive in Duff, what nah. did you think about the mega drop and the mega live stream any thoughts 
I want I want to pack on the uh, mega live stream, even though I had a, I had a meeting for work, so I wasn't there live. But I did get a standard pack uh, on for the, the live wheel. Stream. Oh yes, on the nice. wheel. Which the lucky wheel yeah. has not been kind to me. I think I got number four overall in the Zeely quest, but um, I think I need to pull the Dio move and say I'm about to go to sleep right before. The... <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> they pulled the thing. That's um, iconic. That. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but it was good, you know. It's always good to get something added to the agency to help me work on a, on a project that I'm working on. Um, I thought I thought it was good. You know, I think the Lego drops are are tough. Um, yeah. I almost wonder if they should just drop all of them because it gives you more of a chance. Um, but it's been interesting to see the impact of the drop on the market. I think we're seeing that there's a lot of uh, good value to be had, especially in those kind of under 80 rares. Um, and that is going to make, mm-hmm. hopefully help the game make it a little bit more uh, accessible. I, I think it was good to get some new eyes on the project, but also um, there was a little bit more flipping than I personally like, um, which I, but I guess it kind of cuts both ways. Cause I saw some really nice players go for like a hundred dollars. There was a 16 year old German striker with a Mohawk that I was very excited about and someone. <laughs> to him. Um, yeah. And but you know I'd like to see the the, uh, the proceeds go to people who are involved in the project long term. But I think it was just, yeah. it seems like it's a success. There's been a lot of good activity in the Discord, and that's really what it's about is growing the game. So hopefully, as we have the mega drop coming through, uh, or the mega drop and then the follow ups, you know, will allow people to keep uh, populating their their teams. It's going to be tough though for a while. I think especially silver, gold. There's a lot of teams that are just getting stronger. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, the flipping is something you can avoid, I guess. Uh, or, or, although with the higher prices, you already get rid of some some flipping, but mm-hmm. um, we'll yeah, see. So... Uh, later on with the updates, there will be a bit more about uh, new users also and some of our observations on the marketplace. Okay, let's get started with the uh, updates. And the first item on our agenda is always the the personal journey, well, there's no season going on, so nothing on that aspect, but we're building squads, um, doing some transfers, opening some packs. So, Jimbo, any winsome rebuilding happening or still uh, taking um, it easy? I picked up a striker this week. Um, I feel like I'm quite content with my squad prior to the mega drop, but after seeing, after seeing some players in the marketplace i thought well it won't do me much harm to bolster the squad a bit i got quite fortunate in one of my rare packs and managed to sell one of those high rare players so i can sort of i tell myself it's sustainably funding went some wyverns but if i buy a pack to then sell the player is that really sustainable um probably not but um but yeah i, I think we'll just see how the next couple of weeks goes with transfers um but yeah pretty standard week for me been doing two yeah. training pieces with the new engine which we'll get onto in a bit mm, um yes. but but yeah pretty rudimentary week from wyverns how about yourself um yeah a little bit of squat so i yeah with my six clubs there's also a little bit of more work to do i think with duff i'm gonna ask you later or in a second how that's with 16 but with six it's already uh, a bit more work and i also opened like three or four packs so i had a couple of more in commons two extra rares coming in so and with signings i've been quite busy with that kind of building squads um moving some gu- some guys uh, up the ladder some guys moved uh, down the ladder so 
in that sense, I've been busy, but uh, yeah, it's not like too much or no, not too much testing with friendly matches. Uh, yeah. There'll be later when we get closer to uh, season. Yeah. I think we're, we're going up the scale here. We're going from me owning one club to you owning six. <laughs> six. And now if we put the two numbers together, we get 16. 16, come to yes, you, nice what, one. What, what's, what's like a week of management like in your, in your life just gone by with transfers and packs and whatnot? Uh, it, it has been a little, it's a little chaotic just to keep track of some of the players that you miss out on. Um, so yeah. a lot of my, one of the reasons why I got, um, had so many clubs, I kind of fell into this cycle where I had a lot of players that over time, like, oh, I like that guy on the, on the, um, on the marketplace. And I, I've acquired them. I believe I have 461 players in my agency, something like that. And so those those guys all needed teams to play. So the core of most of my teams are, are built out. Um, and then I also have been pretty aggressive at trying to bring in transfers, especially for my top club, um, Hollywood MFC, which is in the, the platinum division. There's a couple pieces that I try to fill in with some uh, legendaries, uh, and I'm still looking to fill in um, uh, some more strength in center midfield, uh, a little bit more help bolstering the defensive line. And so those I try to strike pretty quick. Um, I'm offering some cases up to 10% to grab a guy because you know, I want to win. Oh, well. uh, what becomes a little bit more tricky is down in the iron division, uh, losing sight of some of the, the players. You know, did, you, did you lose your um, fill-in at uh, who could play left and right back You know, if you're playing a 4-4-2? Uh, mm. Making sure that even if you've got your starter, if you have your backup goalie, is that somebody you brought in as a um, – you know, on a contract. And I have some of the theme teams that were uh, a challenge. So I have my Coronation City, which is an all French uh, lineup. And I lost some French players, which is, which is limiting. I, I have, um, you know, it's a pretty strong uh, side overall, but I do need to build in some depth and, and defense. And then you're going to the market only looking for French players to sign. Um, and then um, the other piece, of course, is Emerald City AMG, my all Mohawk guys. Uh, I, lost a Mo- my, I, I lost my Mohawk um, uh, keeper. So I either have to transfer one in for another oh, team no. or try to find uh, one looking through all the pictures, looking for uh, a keeper with a Mohawk who wants to play in the Iron Division. Um, so that, some of that is uh, a challenge. And uh, some of my other clubs, that I, I started doing is running as different experiments. Um, Dublin Athletic, I had all players like 80 plus pace, and they were very good in season one uh, when pace was kind of overpowered. Um, Sporting Tunis and Iron, I had all um, 80 plus physical players, and they were very bad. <laughs> and, uh, so I had to re um, kind of take another look at those rosters and make them a little bit more realistic um, based on what we're seeing in the new engine. So there's some of that fine tuning needs to take place as well. Uh, it takes a little while, but with the transfer window open, um, it's not you know it's not that bad. But it'll be interesting to see what happens once they announce when the next season can start. Yeah, yeah indeed. Yeah, when that drops, you have a, like a deadline, and uh, it will heat up also. Transferring your transferring your own players between teams, you have to wait that twenty four hours now between canceling contract and starting a new one, which can be uh, a little tricky uh, as well. Yeah, indeed. I think for me, I can always cancel and sign them immediately. They, your own they, they did remove it, and I think they might have implemented it again, or something like that. Okay, they did. They, I know that was. I think because obviously ah. before the season started, they had the twenty-four hour 
thingy or mm. there was something about it yeah i can't remember yaks might be able to confirm for us but either it was implemented before and then during the season they removed and brought it back or something along those lines yeah. i can't remember the ins and outs well but... i i was not hindered by it with my let's say intra-club uh, transfers going on this week but maybe it's still there yeah anyway speaking about yaks death update time <laughs> Um, let, let let me do it this time. Uh, I think I can. Yeah, uh, you did well last week. I, I exactly. Think... I'm getting in shape for death update. Um, so the mega drop, of course, we just talked about it. Uh, everything went smoothly, no errors, uh, no big hiccups. So that went all great. Also, they the team has reopened the possibility for rebranding. So we're gonna talk about it, listen to this episode, and then use this opportunity well. Um, to maybe rebrand your club. Um, as we also just talked about, the contracts for season uh, 9.2 have been renewed or ended, so you can transfer and contract players again. Uh, the new onboarding system has been refined and enabled for new users. So when new users sign up, they will have some uh, nice messages about what to do and the assistant coach, etc. So that's all great. Then I think the big news this week is that the V2 is live. We, all three of us, have already started playing a bit and testing with that. I think we can talk about it in a second. Um, so a lot of hard work has been done by Jordan and Quentin and uh, Yux. So great, uh, big compliment uh, to them. Also Lucas for working on the text commentary, which is great. And with new features such as penalties and corners, there has to be some new commentary um yeah so everyone please share your feedback um, let the team know what can be improved and they will work on that regarding the fatigue system no major updates uh jordan is also working on the the ui uh, for pitch and tactics they want to make it look a bit more like traditional football manager games maybe a bit like championship manager kind of those old uh, uh games i think because they're also working on some new, uh, let's say, pre-match tactical settings for more uh, offensive play, more defensive play, etc. So all of that work is going on. And then finally, the secret project is also going well and things are progressing. So I think we have to talk about a couple of things. Maybe first, what are your experiences with V2? Tell me. Um, I'll, I'll go first. So I've played a couple. I've probably played about 15 games with the engine. Um, to be fair, I've not really got any... Obviously, it's good. I like the fact we've got some corners and penalties. I am still want to play more games to identify sort of any trends or anything like that. Um, I know a few people have pointed out maybe for like the corners, for example. I don't know how it works with who takes them anything like that but it could be like your highest pass in your team for example i'm not sure how the engine dictates who takes that um i've not seen a penalty yet i've not seen a penalty yet i know a few people have um but overall i think i'm delighted that v2 is here and i think a lot of us wanted it i think we now just need to let the team do their do their thing and keep expanding on it and keep working on yeah. it um overall positive for me um but i've only really touched this, the surface of it when it comes to um testing it so far well what you duff i've I played about 10 friendlies with it some of the teams are still coming together um 
I, I did take uh, a, a pretty bad loss um, in, in one of the matchups with my main club, losing to a, a team that was uh, you know, overall um, about 150 points lower. But then I did a rematch and came back. And it was one of those classic, you know, you had a lot of shots, but just didn't convert. It was 1-0, um, which is, yeah, I, I'm not worried about it. Um, but it, it seems like it's moving pretty well. Uh, I think the main thing is um, getting a little bit more information on how the team is, is performing. Uh, just looking at that game, I lost one nil. I had five corners. You know, like you mentioned, I don't know who took them, um, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's um, you know it'll be interesting to see how it evolves and also um, how the the logic of how the formations uh, play against each other is going to be pretty interesting uh, as well. Uh, but it's good that it's in there and uh, getting a little more information um, is, is pretty exciting. So once we have the bigger sample size, I'll have more of a handle on it. I think. Yeah, it's like a work in progress. I think what I notice is a bit that seemed to be more level playing field or like the gaps between, yeah, what you said, like 100 points, 150, 200 overall difference. It seemed to be more be more balanced for me. Uh, actually, I played twice against Wensum. <laughs> so, uh, and twi- uh, and with Casablanca, once, yeah. and I didn't win. Uh, but yeah, Wensum right, is mate. a great Too team, right. of course. Too right. <laughs> but also against my other teams like other some other iron side or like bronze or my silver it seemed like usually it would be a bit easier to beat those teams and now the Casablanca was like struggling a lot so or something's wrong with them or it seems a bit like more level um it's like a bigger upset ratio or but yeah that's as you as you guys say it's like way too early to draw conclusions if you only play 5, yeah. 10, 15 games and they're testing and it's a work in progress. Yeah, so, and it's already great to have you know, penalties and uh, corner kicks and uh, it's really lovely to see. My uh, centre-back scored a goal, which is amazing because we never saw centre-back scoring goals before. Yeah, uh, And it was really cool to see, like corner kick, centre-back. I don't know if it was a header or a shot, but <laughs> he scored a goal from a corner kick. So that is cool. Um, oh yeah, I wanted to ask you, Duff, about the secret project. Any guesses? We like to ask guests to guess. You know, I don't think I have any secret guesses because it's impossible to see if, how big the secret is. Um, mm. I, I, you know, maybe it would be um, being able to design your own kits. Um, Ooh, it can't nice. be anything too big, but now it's taking a while as, as well. So I just like throwing out like wild conspiracy guesses for secret projects. But I don't really <laughs> have anything, nothing that I want to put down on, uh, you know, for as, as a real guess. Yeah, but yeah, we know I, Lucas I usually wants say play, to uh, player, we'll play players' legs. We'll please play players' feet. But uh, I think it's probably <laughs> probably not the case. It's uh, we shouldn't hype it too much, but of course we love to hype it a little bit. That's uh, that's what we do. Okay, I think those were all the dev updates and talk about that. Season update, well, nothing because uh, there is no season. Any any <laughs> idea when it will start? You think? We know it's going to be by. We know we get. We might get a pre-season tournament before the new season starts, which has been. Okay. Those so, what well, that's what Lucas has maybe suggested they might do to sort of get us familiar with the engine. All right. But I think we'll definitely see a season 0.3 start before the eighth drop. I think that's been quite commonly. Oh, that's for sure. I think. Yeah, yeah that's, that's for what, sure. what mm-hmm. four, ten weeks, fourteen weeks away. So you know, we're looking January time, if not further. Right. If my 
I'm doing some quick maths here. I could be completely wrong on those dates, but but yeah, we'll see. We'll see a season coming then. I think when it comes to like transfers and stuff, it's nice to have just like a deadline. I know it's half a team to do that, but then I'm not going to do any management until I know a deadline, basically, mm. just because I'm like lazily efficient when it comes to work. <laughs> yeah, I think definitely before the end of the month there will be some. Or like before the end of, end of the uh, month? November. Maybe we've got no, two days. <laughs> I'm already thinking in November, but uh, <laughs> end of November, I think there will be some kind of competitive football, whether it's a form of like a preseason tourney or yeah, or the league already. There will be something um, to work towards and use your new players and test the engine. I think that's a main goal for the team. So I think that's uh, what will happen. Yeah. Marketplace update. I want to do a little shout out to two new users who have been very active. The other half, Andre uh, and Liam, who have been buying loads of players. Uh, lovely to see that. Also a little shout out to uh, Fabio, who is back, uh, joined us again, and he's buying uh, new players and clubs. That's also awesome to see. Um when I just checked the sales bot, Ronin was very busy and he got a new gold club and a Lego and some rares. So there's a lot of stuff uh, happening there. I know, Jimbo, you got some more data or about um, the... Oh, yeah. Where have I, where's my data? Oh, yeah. So just using a bit of the air table. I didn't have enough time to do anything quite fancy with it. But I think since last, since last Tuesday, last Tuesday, I guess this Tuesday, right? Since Tuesday... Uh, combined players and clubs we've had about just over $14,000 worth has been exchanged hands on the marketplace um, yeah and that's no no packs without packs right yeah that's without packs that's just pure marketplace yeah so yes. that's players and clubs so so about just over $14,000 just under 400 players or clubs that is in total which I thought might, might be a bit higher um, but also this is refreshed every two hours could be a bit more until we've just had it um, but yeah I think overall which is good to see Market marketplace activity where that's players. I know we've seen a lot of clubs exchange hands over the last couple of days um, as well, which is great. And just seeing new users from the drop come into the platform or, or, or the game and purchase a pack and then buy some players or buy a club and sort of ask questions about branding and whatnot. So I think it's just great to see new, some new users coming into the yeah, project and definitely. sort of cementing their feet a bit more rather than a quick toe dip uh so duff you already said that uh there was some flipping you saw anything else you noticed in the marketplace or any transfers you liked or yeah observation? the um the the 84 rated um cb that jimbo just moved uh yesterday <laughs> i i uh, wish i had been a little bit faster on the on the trigger uh on that one ronan got a nice pickup there a really great player I think the flipping was mostly when you see some of the prices after they're immediately listed. Um, yeah. You know, people try to flip stone clubs for a thousand dollars and things like that. Um, which I, <laughs> if you can get it, that's, that's great, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it is, it is interesting to see the prices coming down. Uh, that's something that I think folks who have been around for a while, like myself were able to uh, take advantage of times where there, you could get a 75 rated player on the marketplace for, you know, around 40 or $50. Um, the, you get uncommons that were very good and potential for less than that. Um, I think we're getting back to that place, which is probably good for some of our new users. Uh, I do want to note, because I think this came up a couple times where 
Um, people who are looking for stone clubs, you can still get those packs. It's just not as obvious. You have to go into the old drop and then you can get a new, um, I think that's where you get the stone pack from, uh, stone clubs from. Um, but it's not as front and center with the mega drop. I think there's some questions in Discord about it. Can you still get them? And yeah, there's definitely a lot of them out there still to get. Um, and once people get them, uh, there's a lot of people. I know Calva, you've got a lot of players listed. I've listed them as well. You mm. can get a lot of yeah. common players for basically nothing. Um, you know, 1%, 0% in some cases. Fill out your roster, grab a couple players you like. And, and it's nice to see an entry point where you know you can have a good amount of a fun running your your stone club with a new engine get spirit of competition going and the investment other than the club is not is not huge so hopefully people aren't checking out the project then looking at the marketplace and thinking they have to fill out a roster of you know hundred dollar players just to compete there's there's a pretty wide range now and, and uh, i think that's very important for the growth of the project yeah that was a really fair point and i think we should also really communicate that a bit more like it might seem like if you look at the marketplace that it's a lot of money to buy all these players for your club, but yeah, you have for like 1%, uh, guys, I think I said that 2% right now, but I can also go lower. So you literally just have to get a club, maybe 75, $80 and then fill it up with all those players for free and you keep all the MFL points that you win. So that's great that the entry point is indeed, uh, a bit lower. Um, there was one kind of interesting trait by Dane I want to uh, discuss mm. and uh, get your opinion if you think it was a good uh, a good deal um, so he got a 75 rated goalie from Serbia Vukusic and a gold club the MFC Salto uh, Dragon Riders and K2K received a 68 uncommon a 65 uncommon and three iron clubs, the Lottoman Empire, Lanus Kobus, and Nijmegenwaal Ballers. What do you guys think of that trade? I mean, I guess we want less clubs. I guess we want less clubs from. Yeah, so you got three sides. irons and a gold. Let's see. I mean, if he wants, if he if he doesn't want those three clubs, then uh, you know he's done well in shifting them. Um, and obviously, he might have some players that he wants to fill in. Fill a fill into a gold club. So I guess if you do, I don't know. Just looking at the marketplace, there three, seven, five, four hundred dollars for a gold club. Just say one hundred twenty dollars times three, three sixty. You know, plus a couple of others. Probably overall, probably a fair and fair value trade. Obviously, there's probably different motives behind it, but I think overall, from a value point of view, pretty good. Duff, any thoughts? The uh, the caboose is indeed loose. <laughs> I think it's I, th I think it's a good uh, a good trade again depending on how much you want to manage and it's interesting why different folks may want to have an iron club or not um, you might just like having more chances to win a cup uh, or some other uh, hardware and and want to have um, you know a lot of presence in that iron division or if you're focused really just on um, consolidating your resources. Having a goal club makes a lot of sense. Uh, so I think it's pretty fair. And just what do you want to get out of the game? Uh, I do think that those, that goal division, uh, it's tough. <laughs> There's going to be, and it's only getting tougher. So it'll be interesting to see how that all, that all shakes out. But, um, it, you know, one of the, I think it's interesting to see all these trades that are coming through over the last, um, you know, couple of weeks in particular. And um, I, I think it's a good trade for um, hopefully everybody gets, you know, what they want out of, out of the deal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think in terms of MFL points, you could make a case that 
with a gold you can earn more if you do, if you do it well than free iron but yeah in terms of value it's it's different so yeah it's, it's indeed what do you want uh, to achieve with this deal um how is dirk doing i looked a bit into dirk check up if he's uh, if he's doing well and i looked at his last five friendlies for meta mercenaries he was starting <laughs> all five games he scored two goals, two assists, so this looks very promising. Is I that think. V2 friendly or not? That's, I think, already V2 friendlies, yeah. Okay, so maybe Dirk might be good. Maybe he's just, yeah, you know, regenerated, revolutionized in a V2. Um, but we all know pre-season, I'm a bit different in the MFL universe, but IRL pre-season usually means Jack Poo. Um, <laughs> we'll keep, we'll yeah. keep it PG. Um, but I guess the MFL universe, that can be a bit... Um, indicative of how a team's going to perform. So maybe some good things on the horizon for Dirk. For me, it's pretty promising, I would say. Yeah. He's doing well. It's time to move to the main topic of today, and that is club branding. So I'll do a little intro. So why did we decide to, to pick this topic? One is because there's a lot of new users uh, joining MFL and they maybe want to buy a stone pack and they get a location and they don't really know uh, what like a name or some inspiration for uh, a kind of an identity or logo. So that's why we wanted to talk about club branding also because you can rebrand again. And sometimes uh, Jimbo and I, we look at the marketplace and we see a club listed and we think that kind of hurts my eyes, that logo. Or not Jimbo. It's it's true, right? There's like some yeah, logos. There's some, there's some logos which are a bit... It could be uh, a bit better, I would say. Debatable. Yes. But yeah, put it that way. Put it politely. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, and during the live stream, we had a starter pack, starter club pack for an iron or a bronze club. And we pulled a bronze club in Tunis, in Tunisia. So we would like to talk about that uh, club and how to pick a name or identity... Uh, for that team so let's say a new manager gets a city like this like Tunis Tunisia I guess most uh, players don't know too much uh, about that so you do a little research and how do we uh, approach that and it's also nice Duff that you're here because you have a club from Tunis right so how did you decide on the name and the identity can you tell us something about that or was it quick decision uh, it was very few of these decisions were, were, were quick there when I, uh, okay. before the club pack dropped, there were a few, um, concepts that I was kind of kicking around. One of them was, um, the idea of uh, lucky cat MFC, cause that, that I thought it was a cool, uh, logo. Um, but I had a few other ones that I didn't use. And then we did the club, the club drop and I wanted with some cities that I didn't, um, necessarily, I wasn't that familiar with, um, and I wanted to do right by them. You know, we're also trying to make this look as kind of respectable as, as, as possible, so we don't have those questionable logos. Um, you know, to each their own. But I think we just saw there's a club in the market that looked like it was a screenshot from a UFC fight night, which was <laughs> a, a choice. It stood out. Um, you know, not what I maybe I would have made, but uh, it's out there. Uh, so I, I have been doing a good bit of research with each of these cities, and one of the things you find out very quickly is that. Uh, cities already have established brands and some ideas that can um, point you in different directions. Um, one of the things that you can find is does the city have um, a flag or a coat of arms, which might give you different um, 
things that are you know, the people have determined are, are uh, important to them. Um, and that's something that you might want to pull in as a design element to, to one of your clubs. Uh, is there something noteworthy about it because of a, a historical event or where it's located? Um, do they have you know a, a famous landmark? Those are all different things that I've taken into account as I've tried to uh, come up with a brand for each club. That is something where you know if we think MFL is going where it's going, you know these are kind of flagship franchises um, and they look really good and something that people would want to follow and support. Uh, Tunis was interesting, um, you know, as a fan of like ancient history, you know, like Roman Carthage and how it's an important port on the Mediterranean. Uh, so I wanted to have water there. Um, and also um, looking at their flag, they have the crescent moon and the star. So I did incorporate that into the logo. Um, and uh, of course, you had the, the football in there as well. I wanted to get a sense of some of the colors, um, you know, that were that were used um, with uh, you know, different things for the city. It, it was a little challenging with Tunis because uh, another source that I've used is the nickname, and sometimes you have a, a pretty good nickname. Um, Aikido Club is, you know, one of their their names is Middle of the World City, so that's the name of my Aikido Club. Um, Tunis's nickname is Grand Tunis, which might be a good nickname, but doesn't really roll, doesn't really grab you, so I didn't want to use that. Um, uh, and they also, in terms of things that are historical, they have, they're known for like a market quarter, um, which is which is kind of interesting. They have a harbor, um, and they do have some ancient history there as well. Um, I believe they have a Carthaginian galley, if you wanted to go in that direction, on one of their, their flags. Um, one of the other things that I looked at, if it's an area that I don't know that much about, is also, you know, do they have a football association? What are some of their clubs named? Uh, to get a sense of um, if they're, they're themed or styles. Uh, involved there. Um, if, do they use nicknames? Is it more, you know, sporting or united? Um, one of the things I saw from the Bundesliga, they will have their name sometimes, or their name will incorporate the year in which the club was founded. So I put that into my, my um, club in Berlin. So those are some of the places I would start from a, a um, if I was to come up with a logo from scratch, what are the, the country, the city's colors, you know, what's their nickname? Uh, their branding that they use, and then what are some of the senses of um, other clubs that might be um, similarly named in that in that area? Yeah, you already uh, yeah mentioned a couple of categories, and actually when we were preparing this episode, we wrote down a couple of those. So yeah, when you are choosing a name or identity, you can look at maybe some geographical features, uh, history maybe some local culture or animals uh, or national traditions, uh, yeah, local football legacies. So we want to kind of go over each of those and then connect it to Tunis. So you already mentioned uh, a couple of, uh, of these things. Uh, so let's start with geography. Uh, Jimbo, what did you think about with can Tunis? I just, can I just quickly jump in with something that we should probably say beforehand as well? Okay, but, um, yes. Also, with regards to material and stuff that people can mm -hmm. look at, aside from what we're about to tell you with regards to branding of and establishing and creating clubs, MFL has posted to Medium articles or posts, which will yeah. link in the, this, uh, this episode description. But when it comes to before you want to brand your club, there's a few things you've probably got to look out for first, like some guidelines. So obviously some good ones. Pick a, a name that's unique, right? Don't mm -hmm. go pick a Manchester United. <laughs> um or anything else you know nothing offensive copyrighted political you know just 
or commercial, for example, anything to do with your club, try and make it really unique, right? And then just this is from like a, a naming point of view, but then also don't try and put like exclamation marks or at signs or you know hashtags in it because some one because it, I think personally looks a bit silly, but also those symbols might not display in your team's name and it might look a bit blank. But aside from that, I think that's just a few things to get out of the way first before you should know about before going yeah. into your brand. That's very important reminder. And we like to keep the, the quality high, right? And the standards high. Yeah. So yeah, don't we, we've seen a couple of those who looked like very much like an already existing uh, football team or indeed a screenshot of a phone or uh, just a black screen. And yeah, there's, <laughs> been, there's a couple of those clubs out there. So let's say you pulled Junius Bronze. One thing you can look at is geography. And Jimbo, you are quite familiar with geography because you studied it, right? Yeah. In college. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I'm just going to point out now with my suggestions for these categories, I've gone down the route of having AI assist you with your club creation. And I I think that it's, I think that it's a really powerful tool. Uh, I used it myself with, with Wensum Wyverns. Wensum is a geographical park or river that flows through Norwich. So I wanted to use that element into it. But in terms of like identity and things like that, I, I used AI. So I use things like ChatGBT, for example. So the suggestions I'm going to go over here are ones that I've generated through that to show you the sort of thing you can expect and to don't be put off or afraid if you can't think of stuff because type a prompt in and it, you can get some brilliant <laughs> results. So Good on the tip. geography front, you know, Tunisia is no, no northern tip of Africa. We've got some desert aspects to it. So... These are coming from AI, bearing in mind. So I've, I've analysed a few of them and gone yay or nay. But for the geography one, we've gone, you know, Desert Storm, FC. Desert landscapes, you know, the term Desert Storm maybe signifies a, you know, a bit of strength or a bit of determination, <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. Or maybe it's like, you know, the team's resilience, you know, desert, hard conditions, you know, tough sort of team. So I've gone for, I went for Desert Storm FC or I... I did in conjunction with my mate ChatGBT. Great, yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm more old school with uh, Wikipedia and uh, being a geography and history nerd, so <laughs> I think that's more my uh, focus. But I think Duff, you already mentioned like yeah, harbor, Mediterranean Sea, sailing, so more more focused. I think on the on the maritime aspect, I would uh, in this geographical. So something about the port, something about or this market, or uh, I think I'm really tempted by the Mediterranean. I think something Mediterranean boats. That's whatever would be my geographical uh, one. One choice. of the suggestions that it came up with was to do with this... the Atlas Mountains and how they extend mm-hmm. into okay. Tunisia. Also I'm good. not sure how far that comes close in proximity to Tunis. I've not done the research on that bit, but something along the lines of the Atlas Mountains. You could use the word Atlas and then maybe some, you know, some cool word. I know this. This suggested Atlas Rangers, for example. No, <laughs> oh, it's also good. You know, yeah. Slightly different, yeah. Um, but you know, having that geographical element, I think and you can always connect it. Like, oh yeah, they are based in Tunis. These guys, and they founded the club because they were always going on hiking trips to the Atlas Mountains. <laughs> Something like yeah. that. You can always come up with like some some explanation uh, for it. So, Duff, you you said about Tunis, you 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 chose more harbor boats, right? Kind of that. Location. Yeah, I wanted my, my logo mentioned it, uh, or it references both the water and I have some colors of the desert in there as well and some of the the night sky. Um, nice, yes, 
Yeah. But so, similar so to what like... Jimbo noted, I, I, one of the ways I started with that logo is that I've been using Midjourney a fair amount. I actually made a, um, a video on how you might be able to use Midjourney. And I think it's really good to find starting points for different ideas where you could put a prompt in, so you're looking for a, a club logo um, featuring uh, water, the desert with bright red colors and having a, a football and uh, cover your ears. Sometimes it's easier if you, if you tell it a uh, soccer ball, cause it can tell that from American <laughs> football. Um, so I don't know if you can yep. put that in the podcast or not, but it'll, it'll know which no. one you put in there. Uh, <laughs> and it'll give you some ideas uh, that you can use. And, and yep. maybe some of them are good. Maybe some of them are bad, but it can help you. Um, you know, we do have a pretty good logo generator through the MFL site. I am just no good with it at all. But if that's the way your brain works, you know, using the logo generator, you know, that that's great. But to me, that's a place where you start if you already have a really good concept sketched out, whereas some of the AI tools might throw some ideas at you that you um, hadn't thought of previously or just put them, present them in a way that you can use and then kind of mold in, a, in the direction that you want. Yeah, no, AI is... Uh... Well, yeah, both for names and logos. And I think I, I also made Black Sea with that, uh, with AI. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's loads of, of options and opportunities uh, to, to do that. Uh, we put it on the agenda for designing logos a bit later, but I think we, it's nice to intertwine it already uh, with this discussion. So, yeah, that's a good for geograph- uh, geographical point of view. So a bit the desert or mountains or harbor. Um, history, Duff, you already talked a little bit about history, kind of a disclaimer, I'm actually in the real world teaching history, so, and <laughs> I studied history as a major, so I'm very much also uh, into, into that and building clubs uh, related to that. But I'm curious to hear first the AI, Jimbo, what did the AI think? So AI to came with the name Carthage Titans. Of course, Carthage is there, yes. Yeah, so obviously the, the ancient city near modern day tuners, once powerful, influential influential civilization, you know, in the Mediterranean region. So naming a team based on that, um, you know, pays roots, pays, you know, homage, 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 how you pronounce it, uh, to to the rich historical roots of of Carthage. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I would definitely do something with Carthage. So used to be the big rival of the the Roman... uh... Republic at the time fought three wars, Punic Wars, so maybe you can do something with that. And also famously, uh, Hannibal was a, uh, not Hannibal the cannibal, but Hannibal the, the general, <laughs> who uh, on elephants rode over the Alps and uh, gave the Romans a very hard time. So it would also be cool to do something with that, something with Hannibal and uh, elephants, or something yeah, something about the amazing um, heritage of, uh, of Carthage and and their duel with the, the Romans, or maybe something with Scipio who defeated uh, the Carthaginians. I think, so Duff, you said you're also into history, so you would also do something like Carthage, or were you considering that? I, I did I did consider it a lot. Yeah, I'm a big uh, history uh, history guy, definitely um, listen to you know, podcasts like um, Mike Duncan's History of Rome. There's also a kind of a more light one called Totalis Rankium. I don't know if you come up with that one, but some two uh, English guys who go through all of the emperors from the beginning through Byzantium. So I'm, usually if I'm, I do a lot of uh, cooking and cleaning, you know, with my two kids and a podcast ears, usually history podcasts going. So I had thought about Carthage nice. and I, I wasn't sure how closely the people of Tunisia today uh, identify with, with that Carthaginian history. 
Um, I don't think it would be, you know, insulting or anything like that to do it. It's just not the direction that I that I took because I found what I, that I did like. Um, but I think it'd be interesting to do something, um, you know, using that that approach. And uh, I think they do use um, like Carthaginian galley and some of their own branding, so it would be fitting. You know, they were like a, a, a maritime power. Um, I think they also yeah, did pretty yeah. historically good cavalry as well. So you know, that and the elephants would be pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, it would be pretty pretty cool to do something with that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good point you make. So if you do something history-related, it's, of course, is it still the thing? Like, is it still that country or city? So does it want to be associated with it? Are you not, like, totally offending them uh, referring to that? So it is a good point you make. Like, when you come up with a name and identity and you want to do something historical, is it still kind of relevant to be... Yeah, to consider that too. So I think, yeah, for people listening, if you have uh, like such uh, an idea, kind of double check it. Uh, you can also always ask me or ask other people and discuss your ideas. It's it's good to brainstorm with, uh, with everyone. So that's a geographical kind of name or identity, historical. And the third one I put down, which is always fun, is... Uh, local culture or maybe national animals and i don't know duff uh, i faced this team before you have an iguana team how did you come up with that so i have two different clubs from ecuador one of them of course is keto and the other one is ambato which is a um, one of the, the the packs that i i pulled i actually pulled both of them during the during the drop um i didn't get very lucky during the drops in terms of hitting um the higher end option so i've got a, a number of bronze clubs and um I got the Ambato was the gold club that I that I pulled, and still the only gold club that I have today. Um, so it's it's in Ecuador. It's actually not near the coast, but as I was thinking of things from Ecuador, they had the Galapagos. Um, I figured it was probably okay. It's kind of a national animal, so I've got the uh, mm-hmm. the iguanas there, famous for the um, the the marine iguanas in, um, in in Ecuador, and the colors are actually the flag on both of these the background and the ball and, and the iguana and I was kicking around some ideas in the journey and I the the iguana with the ball logo was just and kind of like the paint splash. It was um fun enough where I was like, all right, well I'll, I'll stretch it a couple hundred miles and I, I think it's okay that even though Embada's inland, uh, I'll throw the iguana on there. I like <laughs> the alliteration too. So um that was one of Yeah, it's nice. An, yeah. Animal logos are a lot of fun. Uh, I think and it's good for the branding. Definitely. It's in, you already have a mascot, and that's like super easy. Uh, Jimbo, what did... Chunk of my, uh, a number of uh, clubs, maybe about a third of them have animal logos, and uh, they're some of my favorites. Yeah. That's great. So Jimbo, what did AI say about animal so, culture? Animal point of view, it's not looking good. Um, <laughs> so I went into it with like not much knowledge on Tunisian animals we'll call it so i just went give i went so basically my prompt was to give people an example of my prompt was i said i had a new football team starting in tunis tunisia can you suggest some names and give a reason behind the name using these categories for example historical or maybe local animals for example Mm. local animals it came up with fenix foxes fc i'm not (laughs) having that at all i think that's pretty that's pretty that's that's pretty naff but Mm. to the cultural side to it they have these markets in Tunis called souks, and it's come mm-hmm. up with quite a quite a clever one. Where you know, in like um, you know, baseball, you got like 
the Red Sox. Red Sox? What are the baseball teams? Yeah, the uh, Red Sox, different... right? Boston oh, yeah. Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's gone up with the... You can go like Blue Sooks or White <laughs> Sooks in terms of these markets. So the Tunisian market is called the Sooks and you can put a colour in front of it and you can have a nice play on words there, which I think is quite... The, the, the so you've got some cultural... cultural um, relationship and uh, meaning behind it um you know capturing that colorful spirit of the city um as those markets located in the in the old part of the of tunis but i think also it's a nice play on words as well yeah no i think it's pretty good uh, suggestion i looked on uh, wikipedia about uh, animals apparently they have some nice gazelles uh, there so <laughs> So, or Adax Gazelle or something so you could do something related to that apparently also Dolphins but I already claimed the Dolphins for Black Sea FC so uh, no, we can have more rival Dolphins showing up um, so that's always fun I, li- I like the market thing also maybe also like Kasbah or Bazaar or something Zook related to, to that and then as Duff with as you did with the Ambato Iguanas to yeah, make something in national colors or, or city colors. So I think that's uh, a, a great approach. So always check out animals. Um, can you do something with that? Or local culture, local colors. That already gives you some nice uh, inspiration. And the final get- category we wrote down is uh, choosing a name or identity based on local football legacy. So, for example, there's an MFL club called Dynamite Kiev. So you have a Dynamo Kiev. Someone made it Dynamite Kiev. So it's kind of a play on words with an already existing uh, local football legacy. Uh, Duff, do you have some club like that that plays with local football legacies or existing clubs or, or sporting names like that? I, I do, actually. It's my newest one, my stone club. I pulled uh, Tehran, Iran. Um, in my stone division, which um, was not probably on the top of the list of places. I still don't actually have an English mm-hmm. club, and there's some other, some other towns that I'm looking for. Uh, I, didn't know, I didn't know that much about um, uh, Tehran, and it's another case where, you know, do you go back to ancient history and talk about the Persian Empire, things like that. Um, some of those are on, on my topic, or, or on the short list. But I did want to look at um, what some of the, the clubs were like and what the, the footballing tradition, because Iran's actually a pretty, um, you know, especially within, within the Asian countries, very powerful um, uh, footballing nation. And I looked at um, the, it is the Iran Premier League, I believe. They, they, and they have a number of, um, number of clubs and some of what their, their logos are. And it looks like they have a uh, one of the, the top clubs is, is called Persepolis. Um, they have a uh, this, yellow, this red and black logo is kind of intense. And I also didn't want to just take the branding of the top club, but I found another club which I will try to pronounce. I believe it might be Estegal. And I found out that they were again through the Wikipedia method. They were founded in 1945 as the Cyclists, and they're their logo has these kind of loops that look like um, kind of like reminiscent of bike wheels. So with my with my club, I borrowed some of that blue and white logo. Um, and if they're cycling NFC, I've got a, um, a bicycle in front of some, some mountains and plains which are, are similar to the, some of the geography that's near Tehran. And I also I put in a logo, which is a um, it's a winged sun. I'm not going to try to pronounce the word, uh, but it, mm-hmm. it's a um, 
it's a symbol from, that's uh, associated with um, Zoroastrianism as well as um, with the kind of the secular identity of, of Iran itself, kind of put that in as an extra badge um, to, to tie things in there. So a little bit local culture, a tie, a, a tie a little bit to the sporting culture um, uh, as well. But I didn't want to just go in there and try to like take the branding of the best team because that seems a little, uh, maybe a little ambitious for my stone club. I don't know. So proper, also proper research and uh, and connected in some way. Yeah, so that's also, I think, a great way to get inspiration. Really look at the yeah, Iranian Premier League and then what's going on there. Could you kind of make a creative uh, connection uh, with that? Jimbo, how did AI deal? Yeah, well, with it? when you ask AI to use something that's already existing and change it, it comes out with sometimes some pretty poor poor ones and i mean obviously mm. we look at existing clubs already in tunisia um obviously the primary language being arabic but also a few of the teams in tunis of you know their, their french names as well so maybe having a particular name we want to translate into into arabic or, or one of those languages to maybe give it a bit more of a um you know the cultural connection or proper link to it um i think there might be a couple of clubs I know there's definitely a lot of well, a couple. There's definitely a, a good a good amount of clubs that aren't um, in English, which I think is quite yeah. cool to see that, that you know they're they're local. Um, but in terms of actual examples, mate, I tell you what, it's just just said like <laughs> Tunisian Eagles or <laughs> okay. Tunis sports clubs, right? It's it's yeah. Or there's mm-hmm. something that I can't pronounce because they're they're French or or, or Arabic. I I can't pronounce them, um, and I don't want to try. Um, but in terms of in terms of uh, AI on this front, it's um it's a bit poor me so AI. Good. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also think... that could also be me just being poor with prompts as well. Mm. There's, a, there's a there's a there's a two way street. This <laughs> also a tip before you always check your prompts to uh, to to get the most out of it. Uh, yeah. But I think yeah, definitely about languages. That's really cool. I think we uh, have a lot of Spanish uh, clubs or like. I mean Spanish names uh, like Atletico or we have Pil- Pilotos Deportivos or our favorite Parque Ibirapuera, right? So, uh, <laughs> well, that's Portuguese, I think. Uh, so some some cool, um, yeah, like in the local language, I think that's really n- nice to do. So with Tunisia, you can do a French name. It used to be French colony and yeah. they still speak a lot of French there. So something with that would be nice. Some, I mean, in Arabic, probably people can read it, but maybe in the the alphabet so that's definitely i think yeah very cool to to do something in a local local language uh Duff, do you have any weird languages or in your clubs or you keep it a bit more english i have often? two that are uh named actually i have um my keto club is Ciudad Mitad del Mundo which i do not think i pronounced right but i did have that in spanish mm. um what as that's one of their their logos so that is actually the name of the club um actually the, my german club is a german word it's volkskron 23 the volkskron is a crown that represents um or it's part of heraldry but has to do with uh, a crown representing a republic instead of a, monar- a monarchy which i think is uh, pretty interesting um and then my um i have a, a club in montreal montreal forest um and that actually the logo has uh is, is in french um so I do have do have that, and the rest are in some uh, foreign languages in there. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's great. 
Yeah, so I think we we went over quite a lot uh, of ways to approach it, picking a name and picking an identity. I think logos, we also touched on that. So I think we all used AI uh, a little bit. As Jimbo said, make sure your prompts are kind of helping you the, in, the, in the best way uh, possible. Uh, any more tips about logos? So we have the logo, Duffy said you're not very good with the MFL logo creator, but you, you like it. Um, so you use mostly AI or how did you come up mostly with all your logos, all yourself? Yeah, primarily help, I, maybe? yeah primarily I used AI to put a concept together and I did make a short video of um, that I think is under useful lengths. It might be at some other places. On, it's about maybe 10 minutes and just on how I actually use the process using MidJourney. It may be a little different now. If you can't get a free license, but I know there's a number of us out there, including myself, who do have MidJourney licenses who could help people out um, if they have an idea and give some prompts. I, I did help out, I think, Ancient Wanderer with one of his um, his, his clubs um, that was kind of like Ozzy Osbourne themed, which, I, which was fun. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think it might have been in Birmingham. Um, and so I would recommend using a tool like MidJourney. Some other folks have, have used, I think, Bing um, as an AI tool. Um, from there, there's a, there's just a couple of things. AI is is bad at certain things, and just like for example, when I was trying to make my uh, my Mohawk Club in Sydney, Australia, I could not get it to make a kangaroo. It looked like these rats on two legs that were very sick, like a science experiment. <laughs> And it was really funny, but I was like, okay, this is just not going to work. Some things it just yeah. does not do. So don't bang your head up against the wall. Just try a new idea. Um, and then it also is really bad at letters. So once you make yeah. your logo, really bad. You wanna, yeah. yeah, you want to just have a spot where the letters are going to go and then use another tool. There's a free tool called uh, Pixlr, E, it's P-I-X-L-R. And they have two different versions, one of the E's for editor. It's basically like an online Photoshop. You can go there clear out the old letters there there's dozens of options of free letters and, and fonts you can use um and then i know lucas would uh whack me with a newspaper if i didn't say uh go through remove.bg to try to make yours transparent because <laughs> they do show up the logo show up much better if they don't have the white background um so that's some other tools and there's certainly people in discord who are more than happy to help you because no one wants to see bad logos out there it's not fun to lose you don't want to lose to a bad logo so that's another, yeah. another thing. A lot of help. Yeah. yeah, definitely keep removing backgrounds. Also, now you have a free rebrand. So if you have a club with uh, with a background, this is your chance to just remove it if you like your logo already. Uh, so definitely uh, do that. Yeah, and of course, I need to talk about Canva, also an amazing mm -hmm. platform where you can you have some already some designs there for for logos and also some ai generations you can easily add text uh in there also pixar of course but canva is also great for designing generating and now they also have an ai built in in there called magic media which is also uh really nice so do check out uh, canva too for making logos how was wensom actually created wensom was logo. What was a, well, I guess a combination of them all essentially. I think that's probably the best way to go about it. So I used Midjourney initially, had loads of different ideas. I think I actually had all of the media and stuff, or media, we'll call it like content in terms of like kits generated, 
like what the stadium's going to look like, all of that done sort of like early January, late December. Because um, I was like really keen for this stab- club mm-hmm. establishing pit to come out. But it was originally mid-journey, then edited up in um, on a website called Photop, which is essentially just online Photoshop for free, which is pretty good. So if any of you are a bit more techie with it, um, I recommend that site. But one thing I'm going to ask both of you here, when I think about when I was designing my logo, I wanted it to look good as if I wanted to wear it as well. So how would it look actually on a piece of kit? Because I didn't want it to just be flashy. I wanted it to be like realistic as well in terms of, is it a really cool logo, but is it going to be one that's, you know, pretty hard to put on some merch, for example, or something like that? Did either of you ever think of that uh, at all? Or was that all well, I didn't think about the merch aspect, but I definitely thought just about, is it kind of realistic? Like, yeah. are there football clubs out there who could sport this logo, let's say? Um, so, and usually those kind of logos are also good for merch or for shirts. Yeah. So I didn't approach it like that, but I, as a big football fan myself, I like to have it kind of authentic. Um, yeah. So not too too much kind of metaverse or NFT like kind of that 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 space with more traditional football, yeah. But being creative. What yeah. about you, Duff? I think the best logos also would work. Um, you know, they they grab you in terms of either brightly colored or high contrast. They would work on merch, and there are some other logos, um, and probably the ones of mine that I don't like as much um, are ones that might be more like cool pictures. Um, you know, it's hard to see it as like a crest on a kit um, without without some other um, you know distillation of those concepts into something else. So I think that's a it's a very good way of looking at it. Um, is this something that belongs on a poster or is it something that you could see on you know on on a on a shirt or a, a jersey? It's a good good thought. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe maybe if you get some merch and someone goes, oh, which club's that? I think that's the, that's the compliment you want, really. Go, oh, who, who, which which football club is that? And you're like, well, actually, you know. So if, if people if people outside of NFL can see it is a is a a real football logo, um, that's a success in my eyes, anyway. That's 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 my yeah. um, thought process behind it. Definitely. Well, so I think we covered pretty much choosing name and identity, and we went over the, the geography, history, local culture, animals, football legacy. You can connect anything to that and also design your logo of course based on that when you have decided that of course you can uh, establish your club and i think in another episode we can maybe talk about adding flavor so having uh, twitter accounts i know we all have a nice twitter accounts where we share kind of art based on our clubs um, and kind of add a bit more flavor as i call it but i think we can do that in a uh, in the other episodes but we have one important announcement regarding this before we go we're gonna organize a little Wendirk contest um, and if you listened carefully you already got loads of ideas for making a logo and a name picking a name for this bronze club in tunis so what we want to do is to have listeners or mfl players or just anyone um, to come up with a name and a logo for this club. Um, we're going to announce the details later, probably on Twitter and on Discord, but you can already start brainstorming. So pick a name, design a logo, 
and we're gonna organize a little vote later and the team who wins gets to brand it and keep the club that's pretty much a setup right or am i yeah that, no you got it nailed on the head so it's exciting yes. exciting little giveaway with a bit of a community element to it so as you just mentioned we're going to share the details soon but in essence the tuners club we've got design a logo design a name bit of identity around it we're going to pick some of the top four then we'll do a little community vote around that potentially and then the winner of that is going to get that club established like that as a giveaway really exciting yes so Duff you can fill out the two slots right you have two slots left I think <laughs> yeah so, although I did see on the uh, the website there rows of four so on the uh, under oh, my HQ okay. clubs I've got a nice grid of four across and, and, and four down but on mobile yeah I've got I've got gaps now <laughs> so you can f- think about also uh, a new uh, name and logo for the Shunis Club. Of a course, you can also join this uh, giveaway. A quick question mm-hmm. for both of you, actually, seeing as yes. I only own one club. Does the does the list of clubs, ha- is it in a particular order? Is it alphabetical? Is it what division uh, they're in? Division. Division order. Yeah. And okay, then alphabetical. Cool. Yes. Well, okay, that's cool. I, so I don't that's, know if it's uh, alphabetical or if it's by what league you're assigned in, because... Uh, I oh, show you good one. Of a, yeah, they all they all pop in the side, so it's certainly it's by where you are in the tier, and then uh, so I've got four bronze clubs, and um, I is that those are not alphabetical. So I, I think okay, it's, so it's what, what league you're in. Yep. So yeah, Fryman's Fryman's question to our next guest, which inevitably is yourself, Duff, was with regards to club merch. What would you rather, a custom player jersey, shirt, or a custom team banner? So I I would go banner. I'm probably too old to be wearing a jersey around, unless it's at the game of the team that you're going to, which I don't really. I mean, I can't. It's hard for me to fit in the Metaverse Stadium, I guess. Uh, I think it would nice be nice to have different types of, um, like a zip up with the logo on the side would be nice. Uh, yeah. One of one of the coolest things I've won from playing um, is actually fantasy baseball that we won, uh, I think, many, many years ago. I think it was through ESPN. And they sent you a tiny little championship banner when you won your league. And I, I have hung on to that thing for a while. I think having a little banner to hang up would be uh, would be kind of fun. Maybe a scarf. Awesome. Good I could go for a scarf, too, if that uh, <laughs> primer could make those possible. Yeah. I guess does that help you in the winter, I guess, then, with all the, the cold you'll get? <laughs> it would, yeah. <laughs> so seeing gone Calvin do you want to add something there well I just that Duff should now ask a question for the next guest too so I don't sure. know if Duff thought about it oh I, oh, I prepared yeah uh, oh you prepared oh nice one nice one two, two questions so whatever one you think is uh, is best the first is just who would you consider to be your rivals to this point I think is very interesting because we all are crossing mm-hmm. paths with different different clubs and then my second is that other than players and rebranding, what would you most want to spend NFL points on? Ooh, good questions. They're both great. I'm, I'm more leaning towards the second one. Jimbo, what do you think? Just do both, mate. Oh, let's do both. Yeah. We'll keep <laughs> Just, do both. both Just do both. <laughs> Pressure's on. Yeah. <laughs> That wraps up another episode. And I think, Dove, we want to 
thank you for coming on and sharing all this uh, amazing uh, info about branding clubs and you said really a lot about the way you approach it and how you brand it and i think it's very valuable for our users so thanks a lot i hope you liked it yeah it was a blast uh, happy to happy to uh, participate so there we have it, everyone episode nine wrapped up all about club branding if you ever want any questions answered or any advice or anything like that feel free to message any of us message anyone in the discord there is a dedicated channel to logo creations which is quite conveniently called logo creations as well <laughs> we will link the two medium articles in this episode description to help you and to sort of guide you through that club creation piece duff you mentioned throughout this your youtube video that you created on using ai mid journey and a few other um, tools to help that logo creation we will also link them in the description below as well so as always if you're not following us on twitter at when dirtcast if you're not following us on spotify or you're preferred platform of choice what are you doing give us a follow give us a five star review all that juicy good stuff and we'll see you right here next monday next week for the next episode of the wind cast thank you for listening <laughs>